we doing this morning? Good to see you all. I want to thank Steve for leading with the uh, the class. A tremendous uh, uh, amount of people that came out uh, from the church and uh, in in the community, and so uh, it, it's a, a, a very informative course. And this afternoon will be interesting. It'll be very interesting with all the questions. Um, I want to pray, but I have a, a short video clip that's going to kind of prep me. Ah, something that spoke to me uh, years ago when I watched this little video clip. And I feel, you know what, that's how I feel in this moment with the church. And so it's actually from the Marvels. Some of you have seen any of the Marvel? Yeah, some of you just woke up right now. And how many have heard of Quicksilver? He was super fast, or is super fast, and he sees the world around him as everything's in slow motion, and uh, especially when he's moving at a super speed. And, you know, you go online and everyone, everyone's, you know, calculates how fast is he. He's going 40 miles a second, 144 miles an hour. And anyhow, uh, this is just going to set us up uh, for what I want to get into, a new series called God's Destiny Moments for you and I. It's about two minutes long, and then they'll cut it off, and I'll jump back up. Thank you. Well, that's how I feel in this moment with the church in this season. And uh, things are happening rapidly and I feel like I'm in slow motion. And I want to talk to you about that this morning, about God's destiny moments for your life. So let's take a moment and pray. Father, I humble myself before you. And Lord, we just thank you. Um, we are humbled by, we believe, this season that you have us in here at Harvest. And Lord, I thank you that this isn't just for the church. Lord, it's for your people. <clears throat> and, I, and I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would speak through me and give to your people what they need here today, that they could recognize and see the moment uh, in their life and how they can take practical steps to, uh, to uh, receive all that you have for them in their Kairos moment. We ask this in Jesus' name, and everybody says, Amen. So I've titled this Destiny Moments or God's Destiny Moments. It's the first week in our series. I want to talk to you about a quick work, a quick work. And uh, one of my texts is going to be in Isaiah chapter 60, verse 22, Isaiah 60, 22. And <clears throat> Lord willing here, I want to get into some practical steps. You know, there's a lot of dispensing of knowledge that's really not practical. There's a lot of information out there and people are tired of that. I guess I am too. Come on. <clears throat> people want to know what they can bite on, what they can take, what they can, you know, implement in their life throughout the week. And Lord willing, uh, I want to, to lay out some of those things that we can do now, you can do now, to position yourself for these moments where things go uh, extremely fast and you feel like, what is going on? Things are happening so quickly, and it wasn't like that normally. Come on, am I speaking to anybody? <clears throat> some of you are wondering, like, what is he talking about? I'll explain. Um, <clears throat> and so... Uh, let me just start this. This chapter here in Isaiah chapter 60 actually is prophesying about the glory of Zion. And it's, it's a talking about Israel, but which actually is prophetically speaking, it's a fascinating chapter about God's covenant with his church. How many know that's us? That's what it is. The church that should be triumphant. Y'all awake this morning? <clears throat> the church that's not supposed to be hiding in the basement. C come on. The church that's not supposed to be waiting for some event to happen to catch us all away. 
so we're just waiting for that and not engaging in the culture. Can I get an amen? I grew up with this. I grew up with this, you know, uh, the kind of the uh, end times mania. And at any moment here, Jesus could return. He could return right now. How many know he could? He he could, and I'm going up. Are you? Uh, But what if he doesn't? How do you orchestrate your, come on, am I speaking to How do you orchestrate your life? What are you supposed to do? Are you supposed to live in limbo waiting? Are you supposed to engage? Are you supposed to occupy? Are you supposed to live like a Christian? How's that? That's pretty novel. Instead of having this escapism mindset. And I believe that that teaching has so paralyzed and inoculated millions of Christians. Millions of Christians in, you meet them and they go, Jesus, come back any moment. Oh, okay. What are we doing? What are you doing right now to engage the culture? Amen. What is, you know, or, 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 you know, you come to church and that's all you hear constantly. Any moment, any moment. So we're just, you know, one of those days, you remember the song, I'll fly away. It's a great song. I love it. Am I going to fly away someday? Yes. But I don't believe it's going to be in my lifetime. There's smarter guys, preachers, greater men than me that have prophesied, thus saith the Lord, that God was going to return in their life and you can go visit them at their gravesite. We're still here. What are you trying to say, Pastor Mike? There is so much work to be done in the world. I mean, people are still having babies. Of course, in this church, we're having more babies than most people, for whatever reason. <laughs> Thank God for that. But, but people, the, the, globally, the world is expanding. And there's, what, close to 8 billion people now, and the, the gospel has reached, what, 2.5 billion? The message, how I many know oh, there's a lot more? Jesus returns today. What about Japan? Come on now. What about the Middle East? You got to think about that. Well, they're all going to hell. What? Jesus cares about everybody. And he wants a representation, hear me, of a church, of a place, a lighthouse in every community. I've shared this before, the number of trips we've taken to Japan. And I remember one of the missionary, we're on the high-speed train. And that, that one at that time was about 170 miles an hour. And I look, and I, I, my wife, we were looking, and I'm like, what are all these villages? You come, and it's just a, a, a barren area. And then there's this, all these villages. He goes, yeah, see that community right there? He said the name of it. I don't remember. He said, there's 60,000 people in that community there, and there's not one Christian representation. Not one church, nothing. We can walk on a Sunday morning and stumble if you're drunk, and you can fall into a church here in Alexandria. Come on, somebody. And, and, and maybe you'll hear the gospel message. But in those countries, you cannot. God cares about people. He cares about all people. Boy, I got off on a track right there that kind of took me in a bunny trail. But the Bible says, even your smallest and humblest family will become as great as a powerful nation. When the right time comes, somebody shout the right time. <clears throat> That's what we're talking about. God says, I will make this happen, what? Quickly. God is doing a quick work in, in, in many churches, churches that are not have gone and embraced the wokeness, but are awakened. Can I get an amen? Churches that are awakened, shaken, that are awakened. uh, And God is doing a quick work. And it says this, I thought it was interesting. Even your smallest little one. And how many know the Christian Christian church started with a little baby in a manger, right? 
And then it means, and so I looked this up, the right time comes. It means the appointed time, the proper time, the suitable time. It means due season. We're going to talk more about and do a deeper dive as we go on here. But God is saying that I will hasten to perform my word. One translation says it means to hurry up with excitement. I think God in heaven is excited about the future. Are you? Oh, oh, things going to hell, Pastor. It, it's really bad. There, how can we? You, we just need to leave the state. And you're seeing people going to where? Texas, Florida. Of course, I know probably all of us in here have a dream place somewhere else in the winter. Uh, but, you know, what about those who have to stand and fight? Yeah, uh, Texas would be great. Nice weather. Then what? You know what? I feel like I'm on the front lines up here in Minnesota. Come on now, right? I feel like, yeah, you know, you know, you're the chosen frozen. You better believe it, but we're still chosen. Amen? <laughs> and, and there's just something about that front line thing that just, okay, okay. You know what? Let's get, let's get a place down south. But, boy, we got to come back because we're standing strong. Somebody's got to answer the call. Amen? In the cold. <laughs> Anyhow, I don't know why I got off on that, but that, that, that was free for someone. God says, I'll hasten, hurry up with excitement. Even though, he says this, even though much time may pass, chronos, we'll get into that in a moment. We talked about that, which means a chronological time, that day in, day out, go, you know, you do life. Before it's done, he says this, no time shall be lost. Did you hear that? That means in this moment where some of you feel you're in a chronological chronos, which we all live, that is the majority of time that we live in. But in a chaos moment, everything happens quickly. God does something quickly. And we are to, uh, we are to act in a chronos moment. We'll see that. God is requiring something of us all in that moment. But in the uh, chronological time, God says that no time shall be lost. God says he will hasten it with the season where it will be beautiful. And some of you feel like, you know what? What's going on with my life? I feel like my life is wasting away. My biological clock is ticking. When will I get married? And I can imagine Joseph thought that while in prison for a span of about 14 years. I want you to think, it wasn't that he was in Florida for 14 years. Come on, somebody on the beach picking shells. No, he was in prison with a dream, with a calling, and nothing was happening. Actually, he actually did good things, and it became what? Worse for him. Uh-oh. He actually did the right thing in the chronological time, and it actually turned out bad for him for a season. But in one day, <laughs> I said in one day, something switched. In one day, everything changed. You know what that day was called? It was a Kairos moment. And, and then God turned everything around. He's second in command of all of Egypt. And whenever he went on chariots, whatever, the command was bow the knee. Everyone would bow the knee. Here comes Joseph. Just think of him the day before, scraggly, a beard unkept, you know, hadn't washed in a while, whatever. And next thing you know, he's, you know, in a robe and he has a ring, a signet, and He's second in command. You know what? He was in a careless moment, and I can imagine in his mind, he was feeling like Quicksilver. You know what? <laughs> What's going on? It's happening quickly. God's doing a quick work here at Harvest. He's doing a quick, Why? He cares for the lost. He cares for people. He loves people. Can you say amen? 
So last week, quickly, we touched on the timing of the Lord. Um, we talked once again about these terms briefly, Kairos and Kronos, but I just want to dive in a little bit deep, deeper because I feel, uh, I feel that that's where we're at. This is how I feel as a pastor, and I've not felt like this uh, in 20 years with the church. I wanted to build the church in the first three years. We signed a three-year lease here. I'm like, yeah, three years, you got to be kidding. We're not, we're not going to be in that building for more than three years. And so there's things in our life where we feel, this is going to, I'm telling you, oh, this is what I'm, I'll be married when I'm 24. <laughs> Just keep looking straight ahead. <laughs> but, you know, uh, this is going to happen, that. I remember uh, I had a plan how I was going to plan the birth of my children. Well, we all laughing, you know. So I'm going to wait two years apart. Come on, somebody, you know, and then so so then they'll have a brother and a sister, and then there needs to be an older son, you know what I mean? And you can't have an old, you know. I was thinking I was going to plan it, and some prophet came in, and we just had Zach. It was back in 1994. Better remember that. <clears throat> and uh, he said, uh, uh, within 30 days, you know, your wife's going to get pregnant, and uh, you're going to have uh, a child, and that child's name is going to be significant of where I was involved in youth ministry uh, at Country Bible Church. It's going to be significant with that new facility. And at that time, we just called it the youth center. There was no name for it. And I was just like, I got mad at this guy, and I actually cornered him, and I think he thought I was going to beat him up. Like, who are you? to tell me how I'm going to, or- come on, somebody, orchestrate my family. And he said, God said, I'm telling you, I thought it was the Immaculate Conception. My wife conceived, and we had destiny. And destiny was named after that destiny center, and she was born nine months later. And I went, I, so when I went and saw him down in, in, in Missouri, he got kind of scared. I went, that word came to pass. What's up with that? And it awakened me to how many know that God can say and do whatever he wants? So you better believe that, and he can do that in our life, and he can upheave things in moments where he's saying, it's never going to happen. Or, you know what, I don't agree with that, and God can do that if he wants. Uh, The text is Galatians 6.9. Galatians 6.9. It says, so let us not get tired of doing what is good. I'm going to pause right there. Three years pandemic. Well, here's Delta, there's Mu, and Omicron now, can't name it Z because it's a, a G after China, so we're going to skip one, name it Omicron, and uh, what's the next fear? We are tired, we are growing, is anybody growing weary? I have, like, you got to be kidding, it's time you have to decide, we got to live our life, and we got to live for God, amen, but so he says this, let's not get tired of doing what is good. And some people are tired, but are you doing what is good? <laughs> Just at the right time, there's that word keros. We will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Can we say that together? Say, if we don't give up. That's the key. A keros miracle, I believe, is being manifest in our midst right now. And once again, it means an opportune time, an opportune, uh, opportune uh, season. And it's different from, as I said, the Kronos time, which just is sequential, a duration. Oh, it's where we get our word chronological. But a Kairos time, it's an appointed time. 
it's a suitable time for action to take place. And I wrote this down. There's something required of you. Somebody show you. That means you. In that Kairos moment, <clears throat> there is some faith action. There is some sacrifice. There is some uh, act of obedience in response to what God is doing that he requires. What that is for you, I don't know. I don't know. But I sure know some things that many have jumped on in obedience in this Kairos moment to see things come to pass in this church, how things have just rapidly in the last 10 months sped up that I look around and my head spinning and go, how did this just happen? Come on. I mean, I mean, we're a church of about 250, and I've actually had professional, brilliant, smart, you know, financial people outside the church, actually outside the community say, well, well, you know, there's, you know, there's no money in that church for that amount. So you're going to have to search outside. Like you got to go and try to find stuff online and get grants. And, and I said, you know what? No, I, I'm going to trust the Lord. Well, you're not going to, you're not going to get that money in that time. That, that's a two to two to seven year process to do that. And you pass out cards and you go to everybody's door and you knock on and go, all right, can I have some coffee? I got something I want to tell you. <clears throat> I said, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. And I said, I, I just, I, I wrestled with it. It was hard. I said, I'm going to trust God that if he gave us the land, come on, somebody, and we're not being ostentatious, that means excessive display, with our, you know, building, building a 150,000, you know, no, square foot, no. It's very functional. It's a few thousand square foot bigger than what we have, but it's laid out better. I said, I got to trust God that he's going to provide for that. And you know what? And in just a matter of six months, it all came in and more. So somebody was obedient. So, so it, it, was, it was an action. It was a Kairos moment that I believe we're in. And so, so Kairos is different than Kronos. You, Kronos, you stay faithful. Uh, you get up, you make the donuts. Amen. You know, you just go to work. You do. You, how many know somebody's got to do the laundry? Somebody got to unload the dishwasher. Somebody has to unclog the dishwasher. Amen. Because people threw food on the dish. Anyhow, uh, <clears throat> I believe we entered into God's destiny moment. And Isaiah 60, 22, God said, I am the Lord. And when the time comes, I will do it quickly. Just dive a little bit deeper. Keros, it, once again, opportune time is derived from the word kara, which in the Hebrew means head or something coming to a head. Uh, how many know sometimes they can be negative connotation? You know what? Uh, uh, this thing has come to a head like a boil, and I can't take it. How many, I used to like Popeye. I know it's dating me from my cartoon times, but and I didn't like spinach, so we drank, my brothers and I, pickle juice. We could, st yes, we would watch Popeye, and what would he say? That's all I can stands. And I can't stand it no more. We drink the pickle juice and we run around the house and we're like, ah. We thought we were stronger in that moment, but but it means coming to a head. That 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 there's an action that needs to take place. It means it's a suitable time. It's the right moment. It's a favorable time, friends. God has favorable times for each and every one of you, for your family, for the things you're praying about. Not just even corporately here as a church. Coming to a head actually means to reach a point of intensity with action. Action must be taken. Here's the thing. How many know that we're all, we all have things that we're believing God for? Amen? Or you should be. Things we've been patiently waiting for, thanking God for. Things that 
that we've been actually persevering in prayer when Curtis sang out that, that first chorus of that song uh, that we're in a season. Now is the time. It's a time we've prayed for. I begin to well up because that's exactly what I feel we're at as a church. And that's exactly what I feel that God has for each and every one of you as his people. Can you say amen? At time, things coming to a head. And there, but, but, but we persevere, and then there's many, many uh, uh, chronos days and months and years where we don't see anything happening. Am I speaking to anybody? Nothing. It's like, uh, hello, God, uh, did you just, like, go to another planet somewhere and another galaxy, and you're working over there? What about Earth? What about us? What about me? What about my life? And we persevere. How many know that it's easy to get discouraged? accept what's going on, that that's going to be this way forever. And, and so we just have to endure it. And, you know, you meet Christians, God bless them. They're, 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 they love the Lord. They're meaningful. But, you know, how's it going? Well, we're just suffering for Jesus. <laughs> just, I'm suffering for the Lord. You know, God's doing a, he's doing a work. But, you know, we're just suffering. We're going through this and, you know, just plugging away. How many know there is a testing season in all of our lives? Psalm 119, I was just reading this the other day, 67. He said, the psalmist says, before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now I keep your word. Jeremiah likens that the prophet, he says, I was like an untamed calf. I'm gonna let that sink in. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now I keep your word. Mm. Friends, the use of God's rod in our life is to call us home to him. Amen? We don't, I didn't think I'd get many amens, and amens on that one, but verse 71 says this. He even goes further. Watch this. It was good for me that I have been afflicted, that I may learn your statutes. I was rebellious as man is by nature. And, and that affliction, whatever that may be, I remember a comical, I remember we would have uh, Kevin Leo, some of you remember him, uh, prophet, and we'd have him come in and share, real demonstrative and great meetings with him. And when we get in a new building, Lord willing, we'll have him back in again. Amen. <clears throat> but, but he told me, he goes, yes, I had this kid in one of the churches in the inner city somewhere in Chicago. And <clears throat> he said, and I just had a word for him and I prophesied over him. I said, you know what? If you don't course correct, you're going to go to prison. And God's saying he's going to do something with you in prison, but, you know, he wants you to course correct. The kid was angry. And, you know, six, eight, ten years later, Kevin goes back to this church, and his guy comes up to him, biggest smile, full of zeal. He goes, prophet, prophet, you're never going to believe this. I went to prison. The word came to pass. Kevin's looking like, you idiot. <laughs> you know, why, why did <laughs> You, God wanted you to avoid that. Oh, man, it was, your word was so true. And I thought, boy, that, he felt so special and validated. How many know that God has a better way? But sometimes we have our head in the sand and we're not listening. And sometimes that, that just needs to happen. So anyhow, a tremendous verse here, Psalm 105, 18 to 20. Psalm 105, 18 to 20, I'm almost finished here. He said, there in prison, they hurt Joseph's feet with fetters and placed his neck in an iron collar until God's time, there it is again, finally came. Oh, how God tested 
and tried his patience. Does anyone feel like their patience is being tested and tried in this season? Well, then it says what? Then the king sent for him and set him free. What does that mean? Why? How many know that Joseph had issues that needed to be uh, crucified in his character? All of us do too. Myself included, all of us do. But you know what? I think part of it, even you know, digging a little bit deeper, I think God is looking to see, now watch this, if we're really in this for the right reason. You know, I came to Christ as a young man, 15 years old, and uh, kind of the word of faith, and that inspired me as a young man that, hey, if I can name it, I can claim it. You know what? We can get that Cadillac, which I really don't like Cadillacs, but I wanted a Z28. And, you know, so I could, you know, <clears throat> and so I bid on to that. Come on. And, and uh, you know what? It, there was a lot of truths uh, in, in the word of faith, I believe, to get us to memorize the word of God, to get the word of God in our hearts that we would study. Come on. And, but there's a whole ditch that the church always seems to swing from one to the other, and people got off, and, you know, there was no theology for suffering in it, and if anyone's suffering, we rebuke the suffering. And, well, right here, we see in the Bible that God tested and tried uh, his servant. How many with me say amen? And so, and so this verse here in Psalm 105, it talks about how God uh, brought him through <clears throat> And I think sometimes God is looking, are you in this for the right reasons? Do you love me for who I am as God? God is not looking for some platonic, faraway relationship. God actually desires to walk and talk with you. Now, I'm not talking that you're walking in Walmart and you're, well, Lord, you know this and you're loud and people think, there goes a nut job. But he communes with you in your spirit. Come on now. That you talk and you're in communion with the Lord and your fellowship and you're in right relationship. Anybody out there? That is God's heart for you and I. For everyone, not just for the preacher, five-fold ministry, everyone from a mom for a 14-year-old boy, come on, somebody, an eight-year-old girl, <clears throat> doesn't matter. Grandma, grandpa, that is the heart of God. He wants to walk and to talk and to commune with you. And so, you know, God's, I think he tests our heart. He wanted the right reasons. Well, God... Pastor, God's called me to preach. I'm supposed to lead the worship. And, uh, I'm supposed to be the worship leader. I, I, God's called me to teach him. Uh, I'm going to be the go-to guy, you know, whatever. It's like, okay, okay. Is there some character things that need to be built for that to happen? Can you show up on time? Oh, uh, do you live a disciplined life? <laughs> I uh, have a heaping double dose of the lazies. I didn't think I'd get many amens on that. All these things, can you follow through? <laughs> when you said, I'll be there and I'll help with it, and then you don't. Ah. So I think God looks for this and this, see if we're in the right reason, reasons. You know, have you ever heard the statement of truism? Truism means, I, think, I look at it means just this is a truth. It's this. Watch this. All flesh secretly wants to be exalted and glamorized. I don't know if I believe that. Look on social media. <laughs> Everybody wants to have a voice. Everybody wants to be glamorized and socialized. That My life is demonstrative. And, and what did Jesus do? Every time he did a miracle, he said, don't tell anybody. Come on now. Okay, don't, don't, don't. And, and I can see, Lord. He go, don't, don't just go to the priest and tell him and to, you know, what's commanded in scriptures. And don't announce anything. But how was lame I can walk? You know, 
what would we be doing? Foom, Facebook. You know what I mean? Woo, yeah, I lay, yeah, I laid hands on him. Got, yeah, he's, uh, he was blind, but he can see now. Look at me. <sighs> Somebody say amen. <laughs> I need to end. I need to end. And so, so how many know God knows how to extinguish that in our life? It's called a spiritual woodshed. Have you ever, have you ever been to it? Somebody getting real uncomfortable here this morning. Maybe turn the air conditioner on. It's getting a little warm in here. <clears throat> God has a rod of correction. <clears throat> and, and, and how does he use it? By enduring, by suffering, by persevering. God, by going through difficult, extremely difficult, hard times, times that I, I don't understand what's going on. And I've come, I've been in that season in, at times in my life, and uh, I just thought, what is truth? I, I would actually act the God's word is truth. Jesus came. He died. He rose. He's the Savior. And, and, and at that moment, that's all I know. I said, I don't understand this crazy moment. Am I speaking to anybody this morning? And that's what God all he requires of you. <clears throat> Hallelujah. His rod of correction. And, and, and you know what? Sometimes it's years of misunderstanding with family members. Right? Friends, people that used to break bread with, they were friends. You went out, you did stuff together. Now they see you in the community and they're so angry at you. What happened? What, why? <clears throat> and, 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 and it's so easy, watch this, to jump ship and to quit. Am I speaking to anybody this morning? It's so easy. But here's the thing. God has ordained certain seasons and moments in each of your life where he's still, he's going to do a quick work and it's going to happen much faster than you thought if you don't quit. I can say that now as a pastor, every Monday wanting to quit for 20 years, but I'm still here. <laughs> See, I can have the fantasy of quitting in my mind, right? Come on, somebody. And I, I could just, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm done. I told my wife, I've had it, I'm done. She just keeps cooking or whatever, crocheting away. And no, you're not. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's like when I don't want to get out of bed on a Sunday morning, <laughs> you got to <laughs> get up. <laughs> How many with me? Say amen. <clears throat> Almost done here, I promise. The word quit in Galatians 6 9 is, uh, 6 9, excuse me, is the Greek word eklu. It, watch this, it means to relax. Now, how many know it's not wrong to relax, all right? And God wants you to have that, have that in your life. But it's talking about spiritually in your life. It means to loose as a bowstring. And as kids, we had bowstrings, some of the cheap ones. But how many know you have to take that bow and you step in it? And what do you do? You press down and you pull that string off. That's what it means. It's to loose. And, and, and what is it saying? It's God saying is that I, I want that string on that bow because you're a weapon in my hand, but it's absolutely useless with the string off of it. It's talking about our lives. That was for someone. To relax, to lose as a bowstring, to let it completely out. Kind of a, I want to say funny illustration. It was a very serious illustration with my wife. She started crocheting a beautiful little blanket for our soon coming grandbaby. <clears throat> she started off, she learned it. She, someone taught her and she's, and she's very faithful at it. And she's kind of, you know, this thing is growing, this blanket. She's like, wondering, where is he going with this? <clears throat> she drops the ball of yarn and it unravels. That's so why she's like, look at this. 
season. <laughs> and it wasn't like towards the end. It was like you just started that ball, you know, that, you know. And I'm like, well, just what? Cut the string, get a new ball. Oh, some of the ladies looking at it. She's like, you can't do that. I was like, nobody's going to see that knot. And she took hours, shaking her head, and unraveled and rewound that whole thing. I'm like, okay. And you know what? Some of you here today might feel that, like that ball of string, your life is unraveled. And you may not see anything changing, or it doesn't look like you're any closer to what you were believing for, whether it was a few months ago, last year, or even 20 years ago. But when you remain faithful, stand with me if you would, please. If you remain faithful, you're going to come into your time. Some of you don't believe that, but it's true. I'm speaking from a place of, really, I believe, of humility, but authority experiencing that. If you had asked me last January, February, I wouldn't probably have been as passionate as I am right today because what? We're in it. <laughs> We're in the quicksilver moment. It's happened so quickly. But if you asked me back then, I would have said, well, it's a truth. It's a truism. Yes, amen. Um, I'm still suffering for Jesus. I've been, come on, I've been plugging away, or I didn't, uh, I, it's never going to happen. Uh, I, I don't know. I hope it does. And you just got to hang on to that and not quit. I said, not quit. Better days are ahead. God knows what's going on in your life. He knows what's happened in your life. And some of you have had things happen to your life that you didn't ask for. And in this moment, in this season, God is wanting you to know, don't quit. Don't give up. You may feel like that ball of yarn unraveled. Everything is unraveled. But God knows how to stop and unravel all the, all the twists, the turns, the knots, the, the, the confusion, the misunderstanding, the hurt, the pain, the betrayal, uh, the sickness. All of that, he can unravel all that and rewind it back beautiful, better than before. If he had bowed here this morning. I believe because of this moment that we're in as a church, there are suddenlies, rapid turnarounds, sudden breakthroughs. There's speedy recoveries where things where doctors may have said, oh, it's going to take months or years for this, that things will turn around. Healings, it's the season that we're in. Some of you think, well, in the natural, yes. It may look like it's going to take a long time for whatever it is. Gonna, I don't know if I'll ever break this addiction. It just seems impossible. I'm never going to meet the right person. I mean, I don't live here in Minnesota. I mean, I got I to go somewhere else to find my husband or my wife. The Bible says, he that finds a husband or wife says, along the way. What does that mean? It means you just stay faithful in the chronos and God will bring them to you. I said, God will bring them to you. I was thinking that same thing when I got out of the Marine Corps. I didn't want to date when I was in Bible school. Just, just I was wanted to focus totally on the ministry. It was about time when I was graduating, when I was around 24, I started getting this kind of urge of like, okay, God, where is she? For a period of over a year or whatever, I just like, Lord, who is it? And I'm at Bible school. I'm like, if you can't find a wife in Bible school, better give it up. 
It's kind of what I felt. <laughs> like, it's not going to happen. I remember telling my parents and my dad, and he goes, you're nuts, you're crazy. I'm like, I think I was. Probably never get married. So I go on a mission trip with the school to Mardi Gras. <clears throat> no, Rhonda was not on the streets of Mardi Gras. But she came on the outreach. And I went, whoa, who is this woman? And God opened her heart and my heart, and well, the rest is history. What am I trying to say? Along the way, along the way as you're faithful, along the way as you're plugging away, along the way, even for a young person, you're growing up in a family, and you may be struggling with issues of obedience, and you feel like, oh, when I'm 18, I'm getting out of here. I heard that a lot. Some of us, we've all said that. Truth of the matter is, lean into that. So you know what, Lord, what can I learn in this season? What can I glean from my mom and dad? Help me not to have a rebellious heart. Help me be open in this chronological time because you have a chronos moment for me where you're going to show up. Somebody say amen. I want to encourage you, stay faithful. We're going to continue, Lord willing, with this message. Stay faithful in the chronos season. Don't get unraveled. And if you do, and it wasn't your fault, God will straighten it out. Every head bowed here this morning and said, Pastor, that's me. My life is just, I feel like it's unraveled. And I've walked away from the Lord, or I've never really walked away, but I've just been doing my own thing. Doing my own thing. Trying to live my life my own way. Or I'm really really hurting God in this season. I'm really hurting God. And I'm trying to hold it together. But I, I, I trust you, Lord. I trust you. At this moment, I'm not going to quit. I'm going to trust you that you have that Kronos moment, that quick work that you're going to do, that, that answer to the prayer and the cries of my heart. And just, I don't understand. I may reason how it should happen, but I'm going to trust you, God. I know I said a lot in that moment right there, but I want to speak specifically as we close for those of you maybe even watching online or here this morning and maybe you're a guest visitor. If you've come to Harvest for a while and you never truly surrendered your life to Christ, that's the first step. That's the first step. That's the first step in you encountering your Kronos moment. That's the first step in you coming out of chronological, making the donuts day in and day out and having an encounter with God's destiny moment in your life. You need to be born again. What does that mean, Pastor? That means you have a choice and decision to accept or reject Christ. No decision in this moment is a decision. This is a moment, this is a careless moment in the service where you have a decision to make that you can take if you don't know the Lord. You say, you know what? I'm willing to take that step. I don't understand. I have a lot of questions, but I'm willing to be obedient. I want you to pray with me right now. It's a very simple prayer, but a very powerful prayer. And this prayer will get you connected to God and get you connected into his purposes for your life. Say that we say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Thank you for saving me. Jesus, I invite you into my life to be Lord and Savior. Now take my life. I will serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. 
Friends, if you prayed that prayer, we're going to help you on your journey. And I just, I'm going to be so bold to say that I really believe Church for the Harvest is a healthy place. There's healthy people here, many healthy, strong, vibrant Christians. Not without problems, not without difficulties, not without seasons of challenge, but men and women that haven't quit. Men and women, families that have saying, you know what? Hard things have hit us. Unexplainable things. Things that make no sense, but we're not quitting. And they're experiencing their heroes moment. So we encourage you in that. Amen.